Chapter 16 of Erasmus and the Age of Reformation. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Erasmus and the Age of Reformation by John Uzinga. Translated by Frederick John Hopman. Chapter 16 First Years of the Reformation. Beginning of the Relations Between Erasmus and Luther, Archbishop Albert of Mainz, 1517. Progress of the Reformation. Luther tries to bring about a rapprochement with Erasmus, March 1519. Erasmus keeps aloof, fancies he may yet act as a conciliator. His attitude becomes ambiguous. He denies ever more emphatically all relations with Luther and resolves to remain a spectator. He is pressed by either camp to take sides. Alexander in the Netherlands. The Diet of Worms, 1521. Erasmus leaves Louvain to safeguard his freedom, October 1521. About the close of 1516, Erasmus received a letter from the librarian and secretary of Frederick, Elector of Saxony, George Spalatinus, written in the respectful and reverential tone in which the great man was now approached. We all esteem you here most highly. The Elector has all your books in his library and intends to buy everything you may publish in future. But the object of Spalatinus's letter was the execution of a friend's commission. An Augustinian ecclesiastic, a great admirer of Erasmus, had requested him to direct his attention to the fact that in his interpretation of St. Paul, especially in that of the Epistle to the Romans, Erasmus had failed to conceive the idea of justitia correctly, had paid too little attention to original sin, he might profit by reading Augustine. The nameless Austin Friar was Luther, then still unknown outside the circle of the Wittenberg University, in which he was a professor, and the criticism regarded the cardinal point of his hardly acquired conviction, justification by faith. Erasmus paid little attention to this letter, he received so many of that sort, containing still more praise and no criticism. If he answered it, the reply did not reach Palatinus, and later Erasmus completely forgot the whole letter. Nine months afterwards, in September 1517, when Erasmus had been at Louvain for a short time, he received an honorable invitation written by the first prelate of the empire, the young Archbishop of Mainz, Albert of Brandenburg. The Archbishop would be pleased to see him on an occasion. He greatly admired his work. He knew it so little as to speak of Erasmus's emendation of the Old Testament instead of the New, and hoped that he would one day write some lives of saints in elegant style. The young Hohenzoller, advocate of the new light of classical studies, whose attention had probably been drawn to Erasmus by Houghton and Capito, who sojourned at his court, had recently become engaged in one of the boldest political and financial transactions of his life. 
his elevation to the see of mainz at the age of twenty-four had necessitated a papal dispensation as he also wished to keep the archbishopric of magdeburg and the see of halberstadt this accumulation of ecclesiastical offices had to be made subservient to the brandenburg policy which opposed the rival house of saxony the pope granted the dispensation in return for a great sum of money but to facilitate its payment he accorded to the archbishop a liberal indulgence for the whole archbishopric of mainz magdeburg and the brandenburg territories albert to whom half the proceeds were tacitly left raised a loan with the house of fugger and this charged itself with the indulgence traffic when in december fifteen seventeen erasmus answered the archbishop luther's propositions against indulgences provoked by the archbishop of mainz's instructions regarding their colportage had already been posted up thirty one october fifteen seventeen and were circulated throughout germany rousing the whole church they were levelled at the same abuses which erasmus combated the mechanical atomistical and juridical conception of religion but how different was their practical effect as compared with erasmus's pacific endeavour to purify the church by lenient means lives of saints erasmus asked replying the archbishop i have tried in my poor way to add a little light to the prince of saints himself for the rest your endeavour in addition to so many difficult matters of government and at such an early age to get the lives of the saints purged of old women's tales and disgusting style is extremely laudable for nothing should be suffered in the church which is not perfectly pure or refined and he concludes with a magnificent eulogy of the excellent prelate during the greater part of fifteen eighteen erasmus was too much occupied by his own affairs the journey to basel and his red-hot labours there and afterwards his serious illness to concern himself much with luther's business in march he sends luther's thesis to more without comment and in passing complains to collet about the impudence with which rome disseminates indulgences luther now declared a heretic and summoned to appear at augsburg stands before the legate cajetanus and refuses to recount seething enthusiasm surrounds him just about that time erasmus writes to one of luther's partisans john lang in very favourable terms about his work the thesis have pleased everybody i see that the monarchy of the pope at rome as it is now is a pestilence to christendom and i do not know if it is expedient to touch that sore openly that would be a matter for princes but i fear that these will act in concert with the pope to secure the part of the spoils i do not understand what possessed eck to take up arms against luther the letter did not find its way into any of the collections on twenty eighth march fifteen nineteen luther addressed himself personally to erasmus for the first time i speak with you so often and you with me 
erasmus our ornament and our hope and we do not know each other as yet he rejoices to find that erasmus displeases many for this he regards as a sign that god has blessed him now that his luther's name begins to get known too a longer silence between them might be wrongly interpreted therefore my erasmus amiable man if you think fit acknowledge also this little brother in christ who really admires you and feels friendly disposed towards you and for the rest would deserve no better because of his ignorance than to lie unknown buried in a corner there was a very definite purpose in this somewhat rustically cunning and half-ironical letter luther wanted if possible to make erasmus show his colors to win him the powerful authority touchstone of science and culture for the cause which he advocated in his heart luther had long been aware of the deep gulf separating him from erasmus as early as march fifteen seventeen six months before his public appearance he wrote about erasmus to john lang human matters weigh heavier with him than divine in an opinion that so many have pronounced about erasmus obvious and yet unfair an attempt on the part of luther to effect a rapprochement was a reason for erasmus to retire at once now began that extremely ambiguous policy of erasmus to preserve peace by his authority as a light of the world and to steer a middle course between committing himself in that attitude the great and the petty side of his personality were inextricably intertwined the air because of which most historians have seen erasmus's attitude towards the reformation either in far too unfavorable a light or as for instance the german historian karloff much too heroic and far-seeing is that they erroneously regard him as psychologically homogeneous just that he is not his double-sidedness roots in the depths of his being many of his utterances during the struggle proceed directly from his fear and lack of character also from his inveterate dislike of siding with a person or a cause but behind that is always his deep and fervent conviction that neither of the conflicting opinions can completely express the truth that human hatred and purblindness infatuate men's minds and with that conviction is allied the noble illusion that it might yet be possible to preserve the peace by moderation insight and kindliness in april fifteen nineteen erasmus addressed himself by letter to the elector frederick of saxony luther's patron he begins by alluding to his dedication to suetonius two years before but his real purpose is to say something about luther luther's writings he said have given the louvain obscurance plenty of reason to inveigh against the bonae literae to decry all scholars he himself does not know luther and has glanced through his writings only cursorily as yet but everyone praises his life a little in accordance with theological gentleness it is to condemn him off-hand and that before the indiscreet vulgar 
for has he not proposed a dispute and submitted himself to everybody's judgment no one has so far admonished taught convinced him every error is not at once heresy the best of christianity is a life worthy of christ where we find that we should not rashly suspect people of heresy why do we so uncharitably persecute the lapses of others though none of us is free from error why do we rather want to conquer than cure suppress than instruct but he concludes with a word that could not but please luther's friends who so hoped for his support may the duke prevent an innocent man from being surrendered under the cloak of piety to the impiety of a few this is also the wish of pope leo who has nothing more at heart than that innocence be safe at this time erasmus does his best to keep froben back from publishing luther's writings that they may not fan the hatred of the bona litere still more and he keeps repeating i do not know luther i have not read his writings he makes this declaration to luther himself in his reply to the latter's epistle of twenty eight march this letter of erasmus dated thirty may fifteen nineteen should be regarded as a newspaper leader to acquaint the public with his attitude towards the luther question luther does not know the tragedies which his writings have caused at louvain people here think that erasmus has helped him in composing them and call him the standard bearer of the party that seems to them a fitting pretext to suppress the bona litare i have declared that you are perfectly unknown to me and that i have not yet read your books and therefore neither approve nor disapprove anything i reserve myself so far as i may to the use of the reviving studies discreet moderation seems likely to bring better progress than impetuosity it was by this that christ subjugated the world on the same day he writes to john lang one of luther's friends and followers a short note not meant for publication i hope that the endeavors of yourself and your party will be successful here the papists rave violently all the best minds are rejoiced at luther's boldness i do not doubt he will be careful that things do not end in a quarrel of parties we shall never triumph over feigned christians unless we first abolish the tyranny of the roman sea and of its satellites the dominicans the franciscans and the carmelites but no one could attempt that without a serious tumult as the gulf widens erasmus's protestations that he has nothing to do with luther become much more frequent relations at louvain grow ever more disagreeable and the general sentiment about him ever more unkind in august fifteen nineteen he turns to the pope himself for protection against his opponents he still fails to see how wide the breach is he still takes it all to be quarrels of scholars king henry of england and king francis of france in their own countries have imposed silence upon the quarrelers and slanderers if only the pope would do the same 
in october he was once more reconciled with the louvain faculty it was just at this time that collet died in london the man who had better perhaps than anyone else understood erasmus's standpoint kindred spirits in germany still looked up to erasmus as a great man who was on the alert to impose at the right moment and who had made moderation the watchword until the time should come to give his friends the signal but in the increasing noise of the battle his voice already sounded less powerfully than before a letter to cardinal albert of mainz nineteen october fifteen nineteen of about the same content as that of frederick of saxony written in the preceding spring was at once circulated by luther's friends and by the advocates of conservatism in spite of the usual protestation i do not know luther it was made to serve against erasmus it became more and more clear that the mediating and conciliatory position which erasmus wished to take up would soon be altogether untenable the inquisitor jacob hoogstraten had come from cologne where he was a member of the university of louvain to work against luther there as he had worked against rocklin on seven november fifteen nineteen the louvain faculty following the example of that of cologne proceeded to take the decisive step the solemn condemnation of a number of luther's opinions in future no place could be less suitable to erasmus than louvain the citadel of action against reformers it is surprising that he remained there another two years the expectation that he would be able to speak the conciliating word was paling for the rest he failed to see the true proportions during the first months of fifteen twenty his attention was almost entirely taken up by his own polemics with lee a paltry incident in the great revolution the desire to keep aloof got more and more the upper hand of him in june he writes to melanchthon i see that matters begin to look like sedition it is perhaps necessary that scandals occur but i should prefer not to be the author he has he thinks by his influence with wolsey prevented the burning of luther's writings in england which had been ordered but he was mistaken the burning takes place in london as early as twelve may the best proof that erasmus had practically given up his hope to play a conciliatory part may be found in what follows in the summer of fifteen twenty the famous meeting between the three monarchs henry the eighth francis i and charles v took place at calais erasmus was to go there in the train of his prince how would such a congress of princes where in peaceful conclave the interests of france england spain and the german empire and a considerable part of italy were represented together have affected erasmus's imagination if his ideal had remained unshaken but there are no traces of this erasmus was at calais in july fifteen twenty had some conversation with henry the eighth there and greeted more but it does not appear that he attached any other importance to the journey than that of an opportunity for the last time to greet his english friends 
it was awkward for erasmus that just at this time when the cause of faith took so much harsher forms his duties as counsellor of the youthful charles now back from spain to be crowned as emperor circumscribed his liberty more than before in the summer of fifteen twenty appeared based on the incriminating material furnished by the louvain faculty the papal bull declaring luther to be a heretic and unless he should speedily recant excommunicating him i fear the worst for the unfortunate luther erasmus writes nine september fifteen twenty so does conspiracy rage everywhere so are princes incensed with him on all sides and most of all pope leo would luther have followed my advice and abstained from those hostile and seditious actions they will not rest until they have quite subverted the study of languages and the good learning out of the hatred against these and the stupidity of monks did this tragedy first arise i do not meddle with it for the rest the bishopric is waiting for me if i choose to write against luther indeed erasmus had become by virtue of his enormous celebrity as circumstances would have it more and more a valuable asset in the great policy of emperor and pope people wanted to use his name and to make him choose sides and that he would not do for any consideration he wrote evasively to the pope about his relations with luther without altogether disavowing him how zealously he defends himself from the suspicion of being on luther's side as noisy monks make out their sermons who summarily link the two in their scoffing disparagement but on the other side also he is pressed to choose sides and to speak out towards the end of october fifteen twenty the coronation of the emperor took place at Aix la chapelle erasmus was perhaps present in any case he accompanied the emperor of cologne there on five november he had an interview about luther with the elector of saxony he was persuaded to write down the result of that discussion in the form of twenty-two axiomata concerning luther's cause against his intention they were printed at once erasmus's hesitation in those days between the repudiation and the approbation of luther is not discreditable to him it is the tragic defect running through his whole personality his refusal or inability ever to draw ultimate conclusions had he only been a calculating and selfish nature afraid of losing his life he would long since have altogether forsaken luther's cause it is his misfortune affecting his fame that he continually shows his weaknesses whereas what is great in him lies deep at cologne erasmus also met the man with whom as a promising young humanist fourteen years younger than himself he had for some months shared a room in the house of aldus's father-in-law at venice herominus aleander now sent to the emperor as a papal nuncio to persuade him to conform his imperial policy to that of the pope in the matter of the great ecclesiastical question and give effect to the papal excommunication by the imperial ban 
it must have been somewhat painful for erasmus that his friend had so far surpassed him in power and position and was now called to bring by diplomatic means the solution which he himself would have liked to see achieved by ideal harmony goodwill and toleration he had never trusted oleander and was more than ever on his guard against him as a humanist in spite of brilliant gifts oleander was by far erasmus's inferior and had never like him risen from literature to serious theological studies he had simply prospered in the service of church magnates whom erasmus had given up early this man was now invested with the highest mediating powers to what degree of exasperation erasmus's most violent antagonist at louvain had now been reduced is seen from the witty and slightly malicious account he gives thomas more of his meeting with egmondimus before the rector of the university who wanted to reconcile them still things did not look so black as ulrich von huden thought when he wrote to erasmus do you think that you are still safe now that luther's books are burned fly and save yourself for us even more emphatic do erasmus's protestations become that he has nothing to do with luther long ago he had already requested him not to mention his name and luther promised it very well then i shall not again refer to you neither will other good friends since it troubles you even louder too are erasmus's complaints about the raving of the monks at him and his demands that the mendicant orders be deprived of the right to preach in april fifteen twenty one comes the moment in the world's history to which christendom has been looking forward luther at the diet of worms holding fast to his opinions confronted by the highest authority in the empire so great is the rejoicing in germany that for a moment it may seem that the emperor's power is in danger rather than luther and his adherents if i had been present writes erasmus i should have endeavored that this tragedy would have been so tempered by moderate arguments that it could not afterwards break out again to the still greater detriment of the world the imperial sentence was pronounced within the empire as in the burgundian netherlands before that time luther's books were to be burned his adherents arrested and their goods confiscated and luther was to be given up to the authorities erasmus hopes that now relief will follow the luther tragedy is at an end with us here would it had never appeared on the stage in these days helprich durer on hearing the false news of luther's death wrote in the diary of his journey with passionate exclamation o oh, erasmus of rotterdam where will you be here you knight of christ ride forth beside the lord christ protect the truth obtain the martyr's crown for you are but an old mannequin i have heard that you say that you have allowed yourself two more years in which you are still fit to do some work spend them well in behalf of the gospel and the true christian faith o oh, erasmus be on this side that god may be proud of you it expresses confidence in erasmus's power but at bottom is the expectation that he will not do all this durer had rightly understood erasmus
the struggle abated no wise least of all at louvain lotimus the most dignified and able of louvain divines had now become one of the most serious opponents of luther and in so doing touched erasmus too indirectly to nicholas of egmond the carmelite another of erasmus's compatriots had been added as a violent antagonist vincent dirks of harlem a dominican erasmus addresses himself to the faculty to defend himself against the new attacks and to explain why he has never written against luther he will read him he will soon take up something to quiet the tumult he succeeds in getting a leander who arrived at louvain in june to prohibit preaching against him the pope still hopes that aleander will succeed in bringing back erasmus with whom he is again on friendly terms to the right track but erasmus began to consider the only exit which was now left to him to leave louvain and the netherlands to regain his menaced independence the occasion to depart had long ago presented itself the third edition of his new testament called him to basel once more it would not be a permanent departure and he proposed to return to louvain on twenty eighth october his birthday he left the town where he had spent four difficult years his chambers in the college of the lily were preserved for him and he left his books behind on fifteen november he reached basel soon the rumor spread that out of fear of oleander he had saved himself by flight but the idea revived again in our days in spite of erasmus's own painstaking denial that oleander should have cunningly and expressly driven him from the netherlands is inherently improbable so far as the church was concerned erasmus would at almost any point be more dangerous than at louvain in the headquarters of conservatism under immediate control of the strict burgundian government where it seemed he could sooner or later be pressed into the service of the anti-lutheran policy it was this contingency as dr allen has correctly pointed out which he feared and evaded not for his bodily safety did he emigrate erasmus would not have been touched he was far too valuable an asset for such measures it was his mental independence so dear to him above all else that he felt to be threatened and to safeguard that he did not return to louvain End of chapter sixteen